Feliz Navidad, have a Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad, happy holidays. Feliz happy Hanukkah. Something, something, I don't know Spanish. Da, da, da. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Generalized, Year. Generalized, secular, non-denominational holiday greetings. Oh my gosh. So many motion-controlled animatronics. Are they, like, all in Walt's voice? And wait, what does the purple possum say again? Poppy Valley, a biology student who had been awarded a science communication scholarship to make a radio show that almost no one listened to, was alone for the first time at KOLD Radio. It was Christmas Eve and the radio station was lit only by the blindingly bright colors of the animatronics. The cactus, the dancing menorah, the little Christmas tree, and the purple possum? She found it jarring to walk through the station without the people she'd been bonding with for the past few weeks. Bonding with while reluctantly taking on her first acting role since kindergarten, playing the lead in her boss Eleanor's romantic drama opposite Bebo Suncloud. She kind of missed his chronic lack of seriousness. She waved her hand in front of the purple possum. Generalized, secular, non-denominational holiday greetings. I didn't want to leave anything out when I recorded my voice for these. That's cute. Uh, annoying, but cute. Like most of the people I work with here. And it reminds me to include some possum facts in tonight's broadcast. Poppy opened the booth door and sat down. She sat with her annoyingly negative feelings. Then she turned the sound up on the microphone. Hello, methodical listeners! Welcome to No Pseudoscience with Poppy. It's my weekly chance to debunk and disprove eye-catching headlines posing as legitimate science, and to point out a few fascinating facts. Tonight, though, is December 24th, a date when science seems to disappear off the face of the earth. The holiday season is generally a time for magical thinking, fables, and lying to ourselves. The scourge of developing researchers and scientists like me which only gets worse when people label me as a Scrooge for speaking the truth. Tonight, I think I can do some good by reminding you of how little you actually know about the depths of winter. Let's start with a persistent concept, that this is the most wonderful time of the year. People seem to think that there's generosity, wonder, and legitimate magic in the air. And this is true for some people, but it's the blanket statements that get us in trouble as we can see in the generalized holiday cheer messages that people deliver. In institutional settings, holiday cheer messages are often delivered around the week of December 21st, despite the fact that, depending on the year, Hanukkah has already ended, and there's a negligible amount of other religious holidays that week. These holiday cheer messages intend to be inclusive then, but the people delivering them haven't bothered to do their research. They end up dancing around the fact that they only know about Christmas, whether they celebrate a religious or secular variation. The hegemony of Christmas towers over us all. So, you may have guessed already that I don't believe this is the most wonderful time of the year. In fact, seasonal affective disorder, a form of major depressive disorder or bipolar disorder that is triggered by the changing of the seasons, occurs in up to 3% of the general population. 10% of those suffering from SAD have it triggered by the summer months, while the remaining 90% are affected by winter. One of the contributing factors to SAD, 
is a shortage of sunlight in the winter months, which affects circadian rhythms and the production of neurotransmitters. The myth of wonderfulosity, my new term, in the winter months is an example of the self-assisted brainwashing. Similar to the well-researched concepts of the placebo effect, and the self-fulfilling prophecy. If we just believe it's wonderful, it will be, right? Winter is tough. It's cold and dark. It's a time of agricultural scarcity. And in this time that's touted to be all about togetherness, many of us are alone. I know I am, as no one else was willing to work today. So Eleanor convinced me to take this time slot at your local KOLD station. It didn't take very much convincing. No one wants me at their holiday parties. Even Connell's post-punk band Scratched Esophagus got a gig at someone's ironic holiday party. But I didn't get any invitations. Not that I wanted one. And what am I doing getting so far afield from science? After this quick commercial break, we'll stop over in the locality of pleasing facts. Poppy noticed a note on official KOLD stationery, written in deliberate cursive with a small Santa hat. Despite her foul mood, she had to open it. Inside was a small note from her boss, Eleanor. To science correspondent, budding actor, Poppy. I'm sending these letters to everyone at the station, so you know I'm not giving you special treatment. I know how much you'd hate that. Despite some of the comments about their cheesiness that you make when you think I can't hear, you're doing justice to our radio dramas. You play Sonia Winters well. I think you understand love better than I ever have. As a result of all this, I've decided to donate some of the remaining revenue of KOLD to you, Walter, Connell, and Bebo. It's not much, but I hope it'll help with your student debt or the graduate degree in biology you'll get. And maybe an MFA in acting, too. If our investors aren't interested in reinvigorating KOLD radio, I suppose it's enough that I invested in the next generation. Well, the next generation and our stalwart companion, Connell. Who knows what he'll do next? Signing off, Eleanor. Poppy stared at the check from Eleanor. Her heart didn't exactly grow three sizes, but perhaps by one-eighth. There was no scientific evidence that kinder people had bigger hearts, anyway. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to No Pseudoscience with Poppy. Let's make a trip to the locality of pleasing facts. I was reminded today to talk to you about possums. We can all learn from their resilience. If they're in a climbing-related bind, they can easily hang from their tails. And if they need a meal in a pinch, they can eat what we consider blood-sucking nuisances. Ticks! Finally, they're unable to contract rabies. Their body temperature is just far too low to host the disease. Oops, I think we're getting a caller. Perhaps from a listener who agrees with me that the existence of actual winter cheer should be thoroughly researched. Poppy, it's your creative collaborator, Connell. My nurse practitioner aunt, who's a real fan of your show, just texted me. You ranted about Christmas cheer and our band playing at a party. Well, it was peer-reviewed ranting, at least. I'm taking this call on stage in the basement of the Blathering Goat Coffee House. And I got my audience to say something for you. Hit it! The holidays are a horror, but at least we have music! Thank you, everyone. 
you are related to me, but you know what? You're here and we're having fun. And I am more than my day job. Glad to hear it, Connell. It's a shame he reminded me of music. Oh, Christmas music. Those spine-tinglingly repetitive sounds that make me feel like I'm in the Christmas-themed Groundhog Day sequel that undoubtedly would play for eternity on TV if anyone had been smart enough to make it. The only Christmas song I've ever liked is Don't Shoot Me Santa, only because I'm shocked it actually exists. Let's now turn to a controversial subject in biology. Can plants learn? <sighs> what is it this time? A merry yuletide to you, lassie. We've just placed our Christmas candle in the window. We're down in Dingle until New Year's, and Joe thought we should try to use the Wi-Fi connection to listen to the KOLD. <laughs> she let me do what I wanted, because uh, tomorrow morning we'll do what she wants. <laughs> Additional Christmas Day swim. Dingle's a coastal town, you see. Oh, I've been doing it since I was seven years old. A morning-winter swim wouldn't even be good in Florida, and we're a few kilometers north from there. Anyway, Poppy, when you mentioned Christmas music, I thought we should pop on the line and talk about Mary's new Christmas album. Oh, I don't know if my listeners will enjoy that. Oh, it's actually just a repackaging of me old hits. Mary's Miracles. I think I'm a bit too proud of this one. The last repackaging went gold in Ireland. This one's just got a different order and a remixed version of Let It Snow with electronic music. She didn't want to release it. Oh, I wanted to sing Fairy Tale of New York. This year was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. But we decided she needed to remember the seriousness of the holiday. Uh, and me religious fan base. I know, love. Anyway, there's something we left there at the station that might change your mind about the holiday music. A copy of Mary's Miracles album? Uh, well, that's there too. But, but no, this is a red and green record. You can't miss it. We've got to go. It's time for our Guinness and fried chicken meal. A Japanese-style Christmas feast. Merry Yuletide! Have fun, I guess. I'll look for that record. <sighs> well, you might think I'm in better spirits about the holidays because I'm less alone now. Aha, but you'd be wrong. It's still a time of rampant disrespect for science, and I still need to tell you about how we've been mistreating plants who can feel and learn. Mimosa pudica plants will fold their leaves immediately upon touch or disturbance. In one experiment, mimosas were placed in a pulley system that dropped them enough to disturb, but not harm them. After so many drops and resets to let the leaves unfold, the plants stopped folding their leaves. They learned that the drop wasn't dangerous, and they stopped using the energy to curl up and unfold each time. That's really a significant... Poppy finally alighted upon the red and green record planted within the 15 Mary albums at the station. Discovery. A Christmas Surprise, written by Walter K, mixed by Joe, sung by Mary, Walter, and Bebo Suncloud. Dear listeners, I'm going to play a recording of some kind that was intended for me. It was done by Mary and Joe, who you just heard, 
but also Walt, who's in New Mexico visiting the four grandfathers who fight over his attention at the moment, and Bebo Suncloud, who went to Canada to see his great-great-aunt. In the bleak midwinter, when we cannot agree on anything emotional, cheer for you and gloom for me. But there is one thing on which we all should agree, the sweet embrace of science is good for you and me. Praise the Lord for science, whatever Lord that you believe in. For science will help all of us and delay the need to grieve. Praise the Lord for science. If you're confused, it will give guidance. Research will bring clarity. So why must we resort to violence? There are far too many holiday songs. This one aims to do no wrong. Science taught us mistletoe's a parasite. Removing it from trees is always right. When your lips touch under that mistletoe, a parasite just helped your romance grow. Praise the Lord for science. Whatever Lord that you believe in, perhaps a gender-neutral being that you hold in high esteem. Science taught us about Santa's reindeer. In the winter's males, antlers disappear. Female reindeer keep their antlers growing tall. A group of strong women schlepping Santa's tall. Praise the Lord for science. Even if you aren't feeling pious, we could save so many lives. If we could stop vaccine defiance, praise the Lord for science. Whatever Lord that you believe in, for science will help all of us and remove the need to grieve. You know, I didn't change my mind completely, but it's good to know that my friends value the function of science. This bleak midwinter, we hope you make a gift as stunning and as socially distanced for your friends and chosen family as the KOLD family did for Poppy. We also hope you praise the Lord for science. Finally, we hope you pass this podcast on to everyone you want to surprise and delight. The next episode of KOLD will be the exciting conclusion to The Adventures of Brock and Sonya, as well as the conclusion to Season 1 of the podcast. How will Eleanor convince Mary and Joe to invest? How will she find closure in the story of Sonya? 
and her own love story. And what does love mean for the rest of our Motley crew? Mary and Joe, Poppy and Bebo, and even for Walt or Connell or I, Mary's dutiful fan, Petunia Stoneberry? To hear the answers to these questions, stay tuned and download the next episode.